It's time for your local weekly analysis, Slow County Public Policy and the Law, with your host, Stu Jenkins. The Union Forever, hurrah, boys, hurrah. Down with the traitor, up with the star, while we rally around the flag, boys, rally once again, shouting the battle cry of Welcome to Slow County Public Policy and the Law, only on KNews FM 98.5. This is your host, Stu Jenkins. As a lawyer, I help folks protect their families and real estate in their estate plans. Since 1978, I have tried several thousand Slow County court cases. It has been my privilege to strike down unconstitutional city ordinances and to represent both Republican candidates and the Democratic Party. I also represent farming, industrial, and commercial landowners. And I have served the Superior Court repeatedly as special master. On Slow County Public Policy and the Law, office holders, candidates, lawyers, journalists, and activists inform you about policies shaping your lives. That focus brings folks with differing points of view without being attacked to tell you about how they think your community can be improved even if I or station management disagree with a guest's ideas. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect those of the station. Last week, I presented financial giant Tim Ranzetta to tell us about his 2024 ballot initiative to restore to California's school students personal financial education. It's really an interesting initiative, folks. You should take a look at it. Then you heard Thomas Cole explain why he is running against Congressman Salud Carbajal to represent you in Congress. If you missed any of those important interviews, you can log on to knews985.com. That's K-N-E-W-S 985.com. And you can listen or download the podcasts. On past programs, you have also heard me talk with Judge Craig Van Royen about the crucial and critical function the grand jury performs indicting criminals and investigating government corruption and mismanagement. In a county where the federal attorney has brought multiple charges against developers and marijuana barons for bribing local government officials, the grand jury is more critical than ever. If you have the time and a commitment to your community, you can now apply to serve on the grand jury. Just log on to the Slow County Public Policy and the Law webpage at knews985.com and click on the link to apply. 19 grand jurors and 11 alternates will be seated by the court to serve. The application period will close April 12, 2024. Well, speaking of corruption, journalists play a critical function keeping local governments honest and exposing corruption. My years engaged in civic discourse has taught me the importance that news organizations with differing perspectives play preserving the Republican Democratic form of government our nation's founders carefully structured. Today, I am very pleased in my first hour to talk with Karen Veely of CalCoastNews.com. 
Cal Coast News is San Luis Obispo County's most widely read newspaper that has never issued a printed edition. And Karen Veely's investigative reporting has broken some very big stories this last two weeks. In our second hour, you will get to hear from Heather and Jennifer of Moms for Nuclear about the future and benefits of nuclear power. But Karen Veely is in studio, so welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me on the show. I invited you on because you've had a whole slew of important stories here, but but the most recent one is just entitled, I mean, the title grabs you, Slow County Waste Agency Accused of Misappropriation of Funds, comma, again. Yes, absolutely, again. (laughs) (laughs) This this agency has had a very, very sordid history. This is radio. What is the agency? The San Luis Obispo County Integrated Waste Management Authority. And this has been around since the late 90s. And there was an idea. You don't have to have one of these in the county. County government used to um, help different the cities and different uh, trash companies to make sure they were complying. And then there was an idea. Let's pull this out and make it a its own agency. Well, uh, and for our listeners, uh, this is a joint powers agreement between the county and now all seven cities, isn't it? Yes. And and so basically they had formed a board and the board is made up of all five members of the County Board of Supervisors. Not right? anymore. Oh, no. Okay. No. The uh, county got what? out based on the past corruption. The county left the agency, but Jimmy Paulding had said, there's no more corruption. I want the county back. And in a 3-2 vote with Debbie Arnold and John Pashan saying, you know, there was just too much wrongdoing in that agency and not enough oversight, they they got back in. Now, Jimmy claims it costs well, less. Let, let's let's back up, because I think people need to know the history of this. Yes. The, um, um, the county did get out... Uh, after there were scandals and uh, there there was a uh, executive director called Bill Worrell and um, and there were investigations concerning whether the money was handled properly and there was a secretary of the company or of the agency Carolyn Goodrich and if I remember right um, she ended up being prosecuted by the by the uh, district attorney's office, didn't she? She was prosecuted, but part of the issue was there had been allegations of corruption for years, and it took us months and months and months, years actually, to get some of the documents. And then when they finally gave us records, credit card records, they, they claimed two years were lost. Well, the president of the board took them to his house, and they claimed we don't have them anymore. We lost them. But the president, Jeff Lee, county employee and former mayor of Grover Beach, took them home. But the more interesting thing... Well, how do you know that? Did the, He admitted to it. And so were this they, were they returned? Yes. And um, Bill Worrell, um, I, I thought that if memory serves, the district attorney's office announced that they, they weren't prosecuting... Um, and I think the allegation was made that the statute of limitations had run. 
and some of these the statute of limitations had run. We finally received um, a, probably about eight years of credit card receipts, and we were working with um, Carl Knudsen. He is an, an investigator. He used to be with the IRS, a criminal investigator for the IRS, and we wanted to go over the credit card receipts, and there was about a half million that could not be accounted for. It was things like they were they were paying their personal home phone bills. They were having the gardener. Well, not, not everybody was doing that. Not everybody was doing certain, that. Certain individuals were uh, allegedly doing that. Right? Well, there were at that time there were only uh, um, probably five people affiliated with the agency, and there were multiple people affiliated that were involved in um, these issues. And some of it they couldn't tell. Like they would buy um, diningware, they would buy a TV set, or they would buy, you know. Um, well, let, let's let's. Uh, there was a lot of uh, rumors of scandal, and ultimately, um, there was a prosecution. Yes. And ultimately, the director left, and. Uh, uh, Everyone involved at that time. And, and and at that time, all five members of the Board of Supervisors were on the board, plus every uh, city had a representative and one uh, agent, one CSD had a Well, it, a was, it was a representative for all the CSDs. They had one. Yes. So, so it was a giant board, and ultimately the... Uh, Board of Supervisors voted to pull out. Yes. Um, after all of this uh, corruption had come to light. And the reason being is when there, when when people are, I mean, there was even a trip overseas where they were buying dresses for their wife. I mean, you had you had charges. Who, well, they, that was part of the problem. They couldn't tell. Everyone was allowed to use a credit card. Everyone. And well, there was. There were even family members. I call, uh, for example, I went over the credit card receipt. And you, on one time I called, and I called a place in Santa Maria, and I said, what was this charge for? And it was something to do with a truck, and it belonged to a family member of someone that worked at the IWMA. It wasn't even an IWMA employee's vehicle. It was a family member of an IWMA If, if I recall, there was a toilet in the building for the IWMA that well, I don't remember how much it cost but it uh, it would wash your nether parts <laughs> after you flushed it was extremely, extremely expensive, expensive for a toilet there was just mass spending which the public was paying for when when you pay your trash bill you pay for this company to exist so the cost was on the entire community and the board of supervisors said this was so badly run and so badly managed we want out, and then that come. Some agencies didn't what, get what out. What year was that? Oh, that was probably about eight years ago, maybe six years ago. And so the board of supervisors pulled out of the IWMA. Yes. And then the six cities, I think, stayed in it. Yes. Um, and um, the the six cities continued the board. When the county uh, leadership changed on the Board of Supervisors, 
they changed their mind and they voted to get back in. Is that right? They they voted to get back in. It was a very strange meeting. Was that this year um, or last year? It was probably last year, but or the year before. But the interesting thing was, the argument was it's cheaper to work with the IWMA than the county, and but the problem was. The IWMA at that time, I think it was 6% extra they were charging you for their agency to run. But if you lived in the county, they this were... This was charges on your garbage bill? Yeah. When you, when you, they add an additional percent on to run these agencies. So if you were in the city of Pismo, you were paying 5 or 6% more on your bill. But if you were in the county, you were only paying 3%. So it was absolutely cheaper. But the other big thing was... The county tried to say, the county filed to say in rural areas they shouldn't have to do food waste, and that dropped the bill substantially in rural areas. There's a state law, listeners, that uh, went into effect recently that required uh, food waste to be handled differently, and so that caused extra expenses. But, but, Karen, when the when the Board of Supervisors voted, I think it was last year, to return to the integrated January. waste management uh, authority and be a member of it, uh, did that change how many members of the Board of Supervisors were on it? Yes. Um, uh, the three, it was a 3-2 vote with uh, John Pashan and Debbie Arnold dissenting. And they decided they're going to have one representative, and it's Jimmy Paulding. Okay, so the county actually only has one representative on this board, and now the other representatives are still from the six cities and from one um, CSD? Yes. Okay. So so, uh, at some point in time, this entity hired a new manager. And the interesting thing was, this manager had been there decades ago when there was allegedly wrongdoing. Well, what's his name? Peter Cron. He wasn't the manager then. He was under Bill Worrell. But he had been there then. They hired him to come in um, a couple years ago to take over and clean it up. And they were all, uh, Jan Marks, the different people on the board, was, it's perfect now. There is absolutely zero corruption, zero theft of monies, and we now have oversight. We have multiple people looking. Ms. Vili, one of the arguments for the county getting back in was that the corruption had been taken care of and that, uh, in fact, the, the books had been cleaned up and that now it was running with integrity. Is that right? Absolutely. Now, um, what has happened uh, as of January 15th? As of January 15th, they had a management analyst. And this is a, a woman that was hired. Who's they? Um, the IWMA, had a ma- they had a management analyst working there. She has a um, bachelor's in science in business administration. I have looked her up. She appears to be very... Um, responsible. She was to look um, at what the different cities were doing and making sure everybody was complying with state laws regarding the management of their waste. Um, more the brains behind, you know. And, and, one of the, and what, what was her name? Her name was Yvonne Diaz. When was she hired? She was hired, um, I think, October 2021. She, two months after they filed criminal charges 
on the secretary, I think, 21 felonies. <laughs> well, um, and, and so she's been working there for a while. She has been working there for a while. And I, uh, in the first paragraph of your story, it says that she filed a letter of resignation. Did that letter of resignation go to just the manager or did it go to members of the board? It went to the management and members of the board and I've seen the letter of resignation and the emails. Okay. And the story that you published on January 17th, does that have the the text of the resignation letter? It has the text of the resignation letter verbatim in the article. You, You quote her as saying that she reported, quote, gross misappropriation of public funds, end of quote, which the agency staff then attempted to, quote, sweep under the rug, end of quote, according to Yvonne Diaz's January 15 letter of resignation. Yes, what she did was she reported that both the the director, um, the head of the agency, Peter Cron, and his assistant director or deputy director, uh, Jordan Lane, were misappropriating funds and that she went and she found it. She told the attorney firm they didn't stop them from having signing authority. They didn't send it out to an outside agency. Well, they, the, uh, you named the uh, attorney firm of Adamski, Morosky, Madden, Cumberland, and Green yes. uh, LLP. Yes. Uh, is that the firm that is representing the... Integrated Waste Management Authority. Yes. And so Ms. Diaz alleges that Adamski, Morosky, Madden, Cumberland, and Green didn't do anything to prevent Mr. Cron and Ms. Lane from continuing to have signing authority over the funds. Is that is that a fair... That, that's, that's what she said, and that's what the letter says. Okay. And that it... Let me explain how it was handled somewhere else. Here's a question I have for you. Because, yeah, I I have spoken to this agency when it was really corrupt. And, you know, they hadn't had a bid in 20 years that was required by law, for instance, for the services um, that was required to be done, I think, every five years. But in any case... I'm not sure the lawyers for the agency would have the authority to end the uh, executive director's signing authority. Wouldn't they have to take it to the full board? Generally, when there's an allegation of this type of misspending, um, it is taken to the board. First of all, they usually put the people that have been allegedly taking money, if there's actual evidence of it, they put them on leave. Generally, I'm going to give the example of Oceano. They found out the person, the bookkeeper, had charged for her vacation pay for a couple weeks and also taken the money. Instead of investigating it first, they put her on leave, they looked into it more, and then they believed that she was also taking other monies. So they took it to the board. The board then said, terminate her and start an investigation. They hired an outside consultant firm, a forensic investigator, to look at the numbers. He came back with, you know, this, she's taken money this way, this way, and this way. And then they took the allegations to the DA to, to determine if there should be criminal prosecution. That's pretty standard. Other agencies take it right to the DA. 
that's how it's generally done. In this case, she went to them and said there's gross misappropriation of funds. That she told the attorneys. She things remained the same. The attorneys. At least that's what her letter says. That's what her letter says. Well, no, that's that's also you know I've talked to board members. That things remained the same. Board members say they were not told about this. And then they had it on the agenda on January 10th to just look into the um, the deputy director, Jordan Lane's uh, employment, and they decided it was okay. Now, I can give well, a little it, bit more information on that. The, the, uh, your story says that on January 10th, the board discussed the employment of direct, deputy director Jordan Lane, and then it says no action was taken, and that doesn't necessarily mean it's okay. It just means they haven't taken any action. Since then, uh, well, I also talked to Peter Cron, and he sent me an email saying that the they had sent it over to the attorneys. They had done a thorough investigation and determined yes, there were money there was money uh, issues, but it's okay. It wasn't a big thing. It was a technical type of error. And um, it's they're not going to do anything about it. And, Nobody and you, did any wrongdoing. You've put that uh, Mr. Cron's response uh, in your article. Yes. Uh, and that's where there's the discussion about the January 10th meeting. But uh, we're coming up on a hard break. But I want to ask this question. You, you said you've talked to some of the members of the Integrated Waste Management Board. Yes. And... Um, if I heard you right, they said they weren't told anything about this. They were not told anything about this until very recently. And what I'm hearing they were told was, yeah, maybe they. Uh, she was getting a double salary for a while, but she didn't notice. She's got a whole lot of money. She's wealthy. So they didn't notice all the extra money in the she being She being Ms. Jordan Lane. Jordan Lane. And that um, in the end, she's going to pay it back in a payment plan. It was an accident. Uh-huh. What about uh, Mr. Cron? I am not hearing what happened there. Oh, I know we're coming up on a hard break, but how many, how many of the board members uh, were you able to talk to that confirmed this story? I have talked to a couple people involved in government that are aware of this, but um, one that confirmed that part of the story. Folks, uh, stay tuned after the news break. We're going to have more discussion with Karen Veely of Calcos News about this breaking story. 